This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler's Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, we've all heard the stories about how personal injury victims receive their claim and legal settlements as cash, and then a short period of time later, the money is gone. And let's face it, most people are just simply not accustomed to having a large influx of money into their bank accounts, and without proper guidance and education in handling their finances, they face the harsh reality of seeing the settlement funds really depleted. And perhaps an even more pressing problem is that too many of these claimants have no idea or no knowledge that a structured settlement is an option for them to help protect those proceeds. And oftentimes, even hearing about it, they don't really understand all the true value of it. So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to discuss the risk of dissipation and in dissipating personal injury settlements with our special guest, Greg Micheletti, Director in the Structured Settlement Marketing Department of AIG. Greg is responsible for developing and maintaining distribution relationships, as well as managing his team. Last year, Greg earned his master's designation to go along with his certified structure settlement uh, consultant designation earned back in 2002. And he's been with AIG since 2005. And of course, I've known him an awful long time. And he's also a great UConn fan, just like me. So Greg, welcome to Ringler Radio. Thank you very much, Larry. It's great to be here. Terrific. And joining me today as my co-host is my Ringler colleague, Bill Wright, from Ringler's uh, Atlanta, Georgia office. Bill has more than 20 years of experience in settlement planning, financial risk management, and insurance. And prior to joining Ringler, he worked as a commercial risk manager in business development with GE Capital. He also has his MBA from Emory University, and he's a certified financial planner and a certified structured settlement consultant. That's a lot of degrees there, Bill. Welcome to Ringo Radio, and thanks for being my co-host today. Thanks, Larry. It's great to be here again. Terrific. Well, Greg, let's begin uh, by asking you about a paper you wrote entitled The Risk of Dissipation of Personal Injury Settlements. Tell us about the paper you wrote and uh, what really inspired you to write it. Well, when I joined the industry, I joined the industry in 1999, and I kept hearing over and over people would tell me that 90% of injury settlement recipients run out of money within five years. Now, I always, everybody was looking for a survey or something that discussed that. And everybody knew there wasn't a survey they could point to, but everybody kept saying it. And they kept saying it because they believed it. And anybody that's been in the structured settlement business for any length of time believes it because they've experienced it. They've had people call them that have run out of money or that have, they're trying to cash in their uh, structured settlement payments because the lump sum of money is gone. So since 2008, when interest rates dropped to historic lows, everybody keeps saying interest rates are too low to structure. Interest rates are too low to structure. So 
the most valuable feature of the circuit settlement is the spendthrift protection. So no matter what interest rates are, it doesn't matter. Um, it still is a good investment for a lot of people to protect them. So the paper discusses that, you know, most people spend more than they planned. Um, even it's not just people that blow their money. Um, even people that stick to their budget are at risk. Uh, there's a negative impact of fees on long-term returns. There's poor investment behavior, people buying low and selling high. And so we, we, I try to delineate the differences between retirees and injury victims. Many people look at retirees and injury victims getting a lump sum of money as the same. Retirees have to live off their savings that they saved their entire lives, right? So the retirees have worked and saved their entire lives. They've had that lump sum of money available to them, but they didn't spend it. They waited and budgeted. That the injury victim never had to budget. They never had that money available to them. So it's a new phenomenon to them. So the risk of spending that money is much greater than uh, a retiree. Yeah, no question about that. And uh, yeah, that was a paper that had to be written, and um, I'm certainly glad you did. But Bill, we both know that people come into money uh, suddenly like that, uh, oftentimes aren't prepared to, to really handle it, right? Yeah, Greg, there's an entire industry that we see that's focused on you know, a sudden wealth syndrome, as some of they call it. Can you talk about some of the issues people might find themselves dealing with in a windfall situation, you know, like long-lost relatives coming out of the woodwork, newfound best friends, similar to what lottery winners face? Right. Um, I mean, it seems callous to compare lottery winners to injury victims, but I mean, the issues that face them are the same. Friends and family come out of nowhere looking for handouts, loans, charity donations, uh, investment schemes, business ventures. And business ventures are one of the most risky things you can do with your money. Uh, businesses fail at an alarming rate. Um, also, many people use a family member as their financial advisor, and there are countless stories of lottery winners and professional athletes that have been taken advantage of by trusted relatives, people that they trusted. But once, once money comes into play, um, you, you can't necessarily um, trust your family members to have your best interests at heart. No question about that. Uh, we've all we've all have stories we could tell. Uh, that that really ratify what you're saying, Greg, and it's uh, it's a shame. Some people are, have suffered tremendously from just mistrusting the people that they thought were going to be handling things in their best interest. You know, in 2007, Greg, uh, and it's uh, very revealing, uh, an American general survey that was done that noted that 57% of the respondents who had received a lump sum settlement reported that was already entirely depleted. And according to a, a, another survey by Prudential, claimants who went with a cash settlement, uh, 30% of them said they had less money remaining than they ever expected. And, uh, you know, I always say that people don't spend their money because they're, they're not intelligent, and oftentimes they, they don't even misinvest it. Uh, but they find that the money goes more quickly than they ever thought it would, and uh, through a lot of di- for a lot of different reasons. So, Greg, what's your take on this? Uh, you know, given these surveys, where do the numbers seem to fall now? In your experience, now that we've uh, gone about nine years past your original survey, 
I would say, I mean, as alarming as those numbers are, I would say that those numbers are likely conservative. And that actual experience is probably even worse. ESPN did a, a 30 on 30 show a few years back called Broke. And they talked with athletes about their experience with sudden wealth. And one of the biggest problems they had putting the show together was getting athletes to admit their mistakes. Nobody wants to come forward and admit that they made investment mistakes or that they were taken advantage of or that they were foolish with their money. Greg, in those same surveys by Prudential and American General, I thought it was interesting that uh, the majority of the claimants who did choose a structured settlement said they became aware of that option through their attorney. Now, are lawyers, in your opinion, obligated to educate their clients about financial planning or settlement planning? And um, where does the American Bar Association ethical guidelines, for example, fall on this? Well, the American Bar Association, they actually have ethical guidelines for settlement negotiations. And in that, they actually, and I'll quote it, a quote, a lawyer who receives from opposing counsel an offer of settlement must promptly inform the client of its substance unless the client has previously indicated that the proposal will be acceptable or unacceptable or has authorized the lawyer to accept or reject the offer, unquote. So unless the claimant has specifically instructed the attorney not to inform him of a structured settlement offer, the attorney should communicate the offer whether he thinks a structured settlement is suitable or not. And considering that the option is only available pre-settlement, it's hard to imagine why an attorney would not advise their client of the option. You know, it's interesting, Greg. And, you know, attorneys are very important in the process. And we, what we have found, and I sure, I'm sure Bill agrees, that when a plaintiff attorney advocates for a structured settlement with their client, the odds of doing one are a lot better than if they are laissez-faire, they have hands-off, uh, they don't seem to care as much. You know, I'm sure you've heard, Greg, I'm sure you've heard that some people say, and Bill can also can attest to this, that we've all heard, Current interest rates are too low to lock into an annuity. That's that's the, the mantra that seems to be out there from time to time. And so those people would rather play the stock market and take their chances. Uh, but what's the problem that some don't see with the stock market, Greg? What, what, what are they missing when they say, you know what, uh, I don't want to lock in at this interest rate and I'm going to go out and play the market because I think I can do better? What, what are some of those pitfalls? Sure. I mean, all those talking heads you see on TV on the financial shows uh, – I'll make it sound very appealing, but but when people think of historical stock market returns, they're thinking of the numbers we see in books and charts showing returns, and those are based on accumulation portfolios. Money goes in and stays in. Think of your 401k plan as a perfect example. You put money in every paycheck, and it stays there, and you want to save it until retirement. So you put in a dollar, it's invested and never spent just accumulates. But that's not the case with injury victims. They have, they have dissipation portfolios. All their money is invested at once and they have to live off the earnings of that money for the rest of their lives. So you take, you look at the back in 2000, 2001, 2002, the stock market was negative each of those years. It was negative 10%, negative 13%, negative 23%. So anybody that settled for cash in the mid-90s or late-90s, they had to handle the stock market. They were selling in a down market three straight years. And it's very hard to survive that long-term 
you're you're raising a very important point. Uh, you know the, the the concept of people who can dollar cost average into a market, whether it's down, they buying more shares. When it's up, they might be buying fewer. But over time, they they get the benefit of that. When when somebody's taking a lump of money and throwing it in all at once, uh, they're really at uh, at the risk of. Uh, of the ups and downs of that market. And we know the cycle is going to continue. But, you know, there's another thing, Greg, that I know that you're you're familiar with and like to talk about, and that is, in addition to just simply sitting there and see the market go up and down, there are expenses that are associated with those kinds of investments. So tell us about the uh, the those expenses and really the cost of uh, actively managing funds. Uh, those things aren't aren't done for free. No, they're not. There, there are many financial advice columns and services services that have been saying for years that the best way to invest is to try to mimic the stock market at the lowest possible cost. So studies have shown that year after year, paying high fees erode your long-term returns. And in my paper, I talk about a couple of studies that illustrate that point. Um, first, there's the S&P Dow Jones Indices publish uh, a study of funds over a 10-year period, and 82% of large-cap managers 76% of mid-cap managers, and 88% of small-cap all lagged their benchmarks over 10 years. That's an extremely high percent. And Morningstar, they publish what they, uh, what they call an active-passive barometer, and they measure active managers, and they compare them to passive managers. So they don't even compare them to the index, because you can't invest in an index but you can invest in an index fund. So they compare the active funds versus the passive funds. And the results in the Morningstar study was very similar to the S&P study. Most actively managed funds underperformed their benchmarks. And not only did they underperform their benchmarks, they also underperformed their passively managed counterparts. So the takeaway from that is if injured claimants are going to put their funds at the wrong managers, they're extremely unlikely to see the historical stock returns that they've been dreaming about. And I would even take that a step further and argue that the people that are choosing to invest their settlements themselves because a structured settlement is too conservative are very unlikely to be investing in passively managed index funds. And financial planners are all too happy to oblige their wishes. So also to um, make matters worse, investors have a pretty poor history in the stock market. Um, back in 2008, we had the stock market crash, as we're all aware of, and Morningstar has uh, analyzes fund flows. And in 2008, money market assets rose from 3.1 trillion to 3.8 trillion. So $700 billion went into money market in 2008. As everybody was selling their stocks, they were dumping the money into money markets. So in 2009, because now all of a sudden money market funds weren't earning any interest, interest rates um, plummeted. So people were looking for yield. So in 2009, bond funds took in over $550 billion, more than the prior five years combined. And at the same time, the stock market rose over 23% in 2009. So all those people that were in money market funds and then moving to bond funds, they missed the stock market rebound. If you're in a dissipation portfolio and you miss something like that, again, you're, you just can't recover. So 
so it's talking about missing rebounds. JP Morgan published a guide that shows when you miss just a few good days in the market, how big of an impact it has. And over a 20 year period, it showed that if an investor had stayed fully invested from 95 through 2014, they would have had a 9.85 annualized return. But the, if the investor had missed just 10 best days during 20 years, just 10 days, the annualized return would drop to 6.1% from 9.85. Amazing the the, the spreads that can take place with just a small amount of variance. And of course, you know, all along the way, whenever you have a transaction, uh, there's a fee associated with the transaction. And we all know that people who throw their money into trust banks uh, with uh, promises of uh, assumed returns uh, are also paying pretty high uh, management fees as well. So those are all important things to consider for anyone out there that uh, thinks that Locking into an annuity may be too low. As I always say to to prospective structured settlement uh, claimants is if if somebody is offering something you better, see if they'll put the guarantee in writing that they'll never fall below the structured settlement rate and uh, they'll all run for the hills. Well, with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back in a minute right here on Ringler Radio with our special guest, Greg Micheletti. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. Welcome back to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm glad you could join us. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Bill Wright, from Ringler's Atlanta office, and our special guest, Greg Micheletti, director in the Structured Settlement Marketing Department at AIG. Well, Greg, we talked about how most claimants are getting their education about settlement planning from their attorneys, uh, and it's clear that the general public really doesn't know much about it. Uh, Why don't you take a minute and talk about this opportunity to educate uh, about settlement planning the, the the public out there that are really really needing it more than anybody else. Well, I mean, you and Bill, I'm sure, have seen it many times where claimants are getting their a lot of investment advice from attorneys, which just is, is not appropriate. Um, the attorney's rationale is well-meaning. They're thinking, if I wouldn't invest in it, how could I recommend it to my client? But an attorney's investment risk profile and an injury victim's investment risk profile couldn't be more different. It's, it's comparing apples to oranges. So they should really be, they should be telling people that it's available and then letting them get the facts themselves. But they should not be the, the gatekeeper for um, who, who's presented structured settlements and who isn't. Hey, Greg, one of the rationales for the passage of the uh Periodic Payment Settlement Act of 1981 was that it gave injury victims a tax-free option 
that would really make it less likely that they would end up needing public assistance in the future. And you you mentioned one very interesting example in your paper, and it's the case of Christina Grillo, and we all know the story, but that's a birth injury case that highlights how important it is for claimants to know about settlement planning in advance of finishing their case. Can you tell us about that story? Sure. It's, uh, it is a cautionary tale for attorneys in personal injury cases, and it's been out there for quite a while. So it's surprising that so many still um, do not advise their clients of the availability of circuit settlements. So Christine, Christina Grillo suffered a serious injuries at birth, and her family sued the hospital. And during the proceedings, the life care plans were projected um, to cost about $20 million during Christina's lifetime. And during settlement negotiations, defendants offered a structured settlement that would have cost $1.2 million and paid out over $100 for the projected lifetime of Christina. Christina's attorneys rejected the proposal and settled the case for $2.5 million. And it wasn't just Christina's attorneys. She also had a guardian ad litem appointed by the court that also recommended the cash settlement. And... Within a few years, the cash settlement was completely depleted. So the Grillo family sued the attorney and the guardian ad litem for negligence in legal malpractice. And they argued not only that the case shouldn't have been settled for 100% cash, but they also said that no attempt was made to preserve Christina's supplemental security income or her Medicaid eligibility. So the Grillo family settled for just over $4 million from the attorney and the guardian ad litem. And that time, they did structure a sizable portion of that total amount. Well, you know, that is a that is a cautionary tale. That's a very famous case. And, uh, you know, whenever you have a, a, a recalcitrant plaintiff attorney who doesn't want to even in- encourage the discussion about structured settlements, uh, it's not inappropriate to, to say, uh, have, you, have you looked at the Grillo case? Before you make that that judgment, so I think it's a it's as is it a help, helpful tool in, in maybe shaping some opinion as we move forward and trying to get things resolved for the right reasons. Well, Greg, uh, in closing, uh, I noticed in your paper you you quoted the character Gus Fring uh, speaking to Walter White in the popular show Breaking Bad when he said, "One must learn how to be rich. To be poor, anyone can manage." Tell us about that quote. And how it applies to dissipation and settlements, and uh, give us a little insight into that. Sure. Well, in our business, we see folks that have gone through their lives living paycheck to paycheck and sacrificing just to put food on the table every day. And all of a sudden, they have a large sum of money in their account. They can't imagine that being reduced to zero in just a few years, but it happens all the time. And we all know it can happen pretty easily. Um, There are so many ways that the money can disappear family and friends taking advantage of you, bad investment decisions, and you know what everybody uh, sees all the time, they just spent too much. So unfortunately, once the money's gone, that's it. There's no do-over. That's the beauty of a structured settlement. Claimants who are receiving monthly or annual payments are in effect, they're getting a do-over on every payment. So if the previous payment didn't last as long as they thought it would, they get to try again when the next payment comes. So they can learn to live within their new budget without fear that the payments are going to end. No question about that. That's one of the basic uh, advantages of a structure. And uh, that's one of the things I know Bill stresses with his clients and uh, I do with mine and all, all Ringler Associates. In fact, all structure settlement brokers do that, that uh, 
You can make a mistake with a structured settlement and recover and move on. But if you make a mistake without lump sum, uh, it could be a pretty disastrous result. So with that, I want to say thank you very much, Greg. Very enlightening to have you on the show and and give your insights. And uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, Greg, how would they do that? They can email me at uh, greg.micheletti at AIG.com. Terrific. And uh, Bill, how about yourself? If somebody wanted to talk to you about uh, structures or any other topic, how would they do that? Thanks, Larry. They can reach me at bright, W-R-I-G-H-T, at ringlerassociates.com or anytime at my office at 770-263-7577. Great. And I just want to say to everyone out there, you can reach any Ringler Associate through our website, ringlerassociates.com, where you can find uh, information all around the country of any of these associates that will help you with with your settlement issues. And, uh, of course, you can listen to any Ringler Radio show by going to ringlerassociates.com. You can go to ringlerradio.com, legaltalknetwork.com, or to iTunes, where you can download right from uh, the iTunes app and uh, listen at your leisure to uh, Greg Micheletti talking about the dissipation of uh, lump sum settlements. So with that, Greg, I want to say thank you very much again for joining us today. It was very enlightening. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Larry. Thank you, Bill. And Bill, yeah, thanks for being a great co-host. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Greg. Great to talk to both of you again. Great. And for all the rest of you out there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.